0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita,
1: meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. And welcome to the Rita Cosby Show on this fabulous, feisty Friday night. Uh, later on, I'm going to share with all of you some details from an awesome event that I just came back from tonight, um, celebrating the great work of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. It was their footsteps to the future gala, um, honoring veterans, Gold Star families who lost loved ones, also first responders and their families and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, boy, did they do incredible work, giving them smart homes so they can function after they have done so much for all of us. Also giving families um, who lost loved ones mortgage-free homes. And to meet some of these incredible, incredible individuals tonight, it was just so inspiring for me. And it reminds me of just the incredible courage and guts of the American people And just to be with them, to hear their stories of survival and their stories of their love of this country. Um, To me, it was one of the greatest, greatest events. And I can't wait to share more details with you later on in the show. Because to me, this organization, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, does so much. They are amazing. And I love Frank Siller, what he has done to honor his incredible brother, Stephen Siller, who, of course, was running Toward the Twin Towers on 9 11. Um, It is remarkable. And what an incredible legacy Frank Siller uh, has left behind to honor his incredible brother and now helping thousands upon thousands of families. Uh, It was just. An amazing, amazing night. I was truly with incredible American heroes and patriots. uh, And they appropriately also honored the owners of Red Apple Media, our network uh, owners, John and Margot Katsimatidis, two of the greatest Americans ever. So we're going to talk about all about that later on tonight, uh, as it was just really an unforgettable evening. And we are so blessed to have great men and women protecting us each and every day, and we must never, ever forget that. You know, and as many of you know, you know, my own father was a POW in World War II, rescued by American troops. So I can never thank our veterans and their families enough. When I see so many of them, I get so emotional and so moved And I think about my father, who, when he escaped from prisoner of war camp, he was six feet tall, 90 pounds. Um, And when he came to a riverbed and he suddenly saw these American G.I.s telling him, you are free, you are free. My father literally thought it was a mirage. And my father was so thankful to be rescued by American troops. And that was the moment where my father said, you know what, I am coming to this great country called America. America because it is the greatest country in the world. And that's why every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, I love doing our Back the Blue segment, which we do. We'll do it in this hour. And then in the next hour, we do our Support Our hero segment, honoring great veterans and their families. Because to me, I love shining a light on the best among us, the bravest among us, and I think some of the most incredible people in the world. And, you know, because my father grew up, In Poland, my father was a freedom fighter in Warsaw, a part of the Polish resistance. He grew up right outside the Warsaw ghetto in World War II. I find the comments that Kanye West made about Jews and the Jewish people and the state of Israel and all the things that he has said of late just so absolutely repugnant and just so indefensible. It is shocking just the new things that are coming out of rapper Kanye West's mouth. I mean, first he made these comments about the Jewish people that he works with and worked for, and they were reprehensible. Then, of course, turns out he does that meeting, of course, with President Trump, and we're going to take your calls in the next hour about that to hear your thoughts on what you think should have happened the way that it probably should have been handled. Boy, are there a lot of questions about that but some of the hatred that has just been spewing out of his mouth in the last like 24 hours especially is just it's unconscionable it just makes my it just makes my skin crawl and i know it does with all of you too it's just so outrageous and so indefensible and just shocking to hear somebody like him making those kind of statements because to me here is a guy who is successful you would think he would know much better and be much more better educated than to even say anything remotely like this. But yet, in the last, like, 24 hours, he's basically been doubling down. I mean, it has been shocking. He came out and he was with Alex Jones of InfoWars. And in those comments, he was, like, uh, you know, praising Hitler, saying, I see Hitler doing basically good things. Trust me. There's nothing good about what Hitler did. There is nothing to be praising there. It's just, it is, where is this guy? This guy is loony Kuzuni. He is completely off of his rocker. He clearly has mental issues. Uh, but boy, does he need to be educated. And then he was saying to Alex Jones, well, you know, Hitler didn't kill six million Jews. He did some good things. Uh, it is disgusting to hear this kind of rhetoric out of anybody's mouth. And to hear Kanye West making these statements, I'm happy to hear that Elon Musk, in the last little bit, we're getting word that he has suspended Kanye West from Twitter. Uh, I say bravo to Elon Musk. I like him more and more the more I hear of this. This came not just after these reprehensible comments from Kanye West. It also came after West tweeted an image of a Nazi swastika inside a Star of David. And Elon Musk then replied saying, sorry, but you have gone too far. This is not love. That's what he wrote apparently in a text to Kanye West. Um, I'm glad to see that Musk uh, suspended him. I just think it is so disgusting and so reprehensible. And still so many more details about that meeting with Elon Musk and Milo Yiannopoulos and Nicholas Fuentes. And we're going to get to that in the next hour. And I want to get your reaction, too. If you think that it's the right move that Elon Musk suspended Kanye West on Twitter, uh, this is the second time in just a, a matter of days, it seems. I say bravo, bravo, bravo. But I want to hear your thoughts if that's the right move and what else should happen to Kanye West as a result. He's losing a lot of business. He's clearly losing a lot of supporters. And he's clearly losing His mind. That's just for starters. Also, by the way, tonight here on the Rita Cosby show, we're going to be talking about so much happening on the border. We know that our southern border is wide open. Uh, We know that we are in deep trouble from a national security standpoint. And now this is really scary. Air marshals are coming out saying that they are concerned because they are being pulled from flights, you know, from the friendly skies that are not so friendly, as we know, to actually help basically babysit and process migrants at the southern border. That is a huge, huge issue and a huge problem with resources. There are so many illegal migrants coming through that they're actually getting pulled from the sky, which is their primary responsibility. Remember, they're air marshals. And yet they're being pulled now to help process and basically babysit These migrants, and in fact, by the way, after September 11th, President Bush, of course, was blindsided, uh, as was so many Americans when those terrorists hijacked the four jumbo jets that crashed into the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, also the field in Pennsylvania. At that time, there were only 33 active air marshals. Since then, the number of air marshals has increased considerably to an estimated 3,000, 3,000, But now many of them are being pulled. They're being deployed to the southern border. And they are coming out publicly in the last few days saying they fear another 9-11 may be in the works because there's just not enough of them in the air now that they're basically being babysitters at the southern border. So the issue now happening at our southern border is not only a problem on the border, it's also becoming an enormous problem for security in our skies. So that is an enormous problem, along with fentanyl and so many other issues that are happening at our southern border. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of the great border experts in the country, Mark Morgan, former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, to get his take on this and Biden's White House saying he's been to the border, but then when they ask for proof, there isn't any. That and much more on The Rita Cosby Show when we come back.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And welcome back to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the at the border and we are joined by Mark Morgan, former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. He's also a senior law enforcement analyst and a Heritage Foundation visiting Fellow, uh, You know, Mark, we were talking um, right before the break. I was mentioning about air marshals saying that they are extremely, extremely concerned um, because now they're being pulled from the air and having to now basically be babysitters, essentially, at the border. Just because the situation is so overwhelming at the border, as you know all too well, there are so many migrants coming through, these record number of migrants. And they're extremely concerned because they feel like they're worried that there could be another potentially 9-11 and we're just simply not covered uh, because we're babysitting migrants at the border and that's where their resources are. What is your reaction to all of this, Mark? Because, boy, this to me is just incredibly troubling. It's just another example of not just our concern of what's happening at the border, but obviously it shows it's a national security threat to our skies as well. So this is a really huge issue, Mark.
2: It, it is, Rita. Look, this is why we've been saying all along, this isn't about immigration. This is about border security, and border security is national security. This is yet another example, Rita, that shows that illegal immigration, though, drives our borders to be less secure. And here's how this happens, right? As right now, as even every single illegal alien that comes across our southwest border, that's one more resource that's pulled off the front line, away from their national security mission, and they're relegated to become a federal travel agency. When you have the numbers that we have now, the catastrophic historic highs we've never had in our history, millions, literally millions in the past 24 months – The result in that is Border Patrol frontline resources, 80 to 90% of them are pulled off the front line, again, away from their national security mission. The border goes unmonitored, unpatrolled. We've literally handed operational control over the border, number one. Number two, we've already known that that DHS has already requested other resources from other departments within DHS to come, and as you said, rightfully so and very accurately, to be babysitters, to be nothing more than a federal travel agency. And now we're seeing it spill over to you to to the uh, um federal air marshals. Look, if I was director of of, uh, TSA, which the air marshals fall under, I I would be objecting. I I would be holding a press conference. I would be writing it down formally saying that this is going to jeopardize our ability to perform our mission. And look, this goes to another issue. Look, look, I've I've led agencies. You never have enough resources. You always have to prioritize. That's not what this is about. This is about an administration that intentionally has enacted policy that created this crisis and now is diverting these resources away from other important national security operations. It's just another example of how what's happening on the southwest border is negatively impacting every aspect of this country.
1: And, Mark, explain the role also of air marshals, if you could, and how important it is that we have them in the skies. One of the things I was just mentioning is that President Bush, of course, wanted to, of course, beef up air marshals because on September 11th, there were only 33 active air marshals. I mean, that was astounding. And since then, the number of air marshals has increased considerably. It's an estimated 3,000. But not all of them um, right now are obviously in the skies. They're being pulled to the border. But can you explain how important it is to have the air marshals up there? I mean, you've been in law enforcement, you know, your whole career, Mark Morgan. Explain how pivotal and important the role of an air marshal is up there in the skies, if you could.
2: Well, it's critical. And Rita, you're you're spot on about, you know, prior to 9-11, there was very few. And and I think what what everybody understands since 9-11, one of the the many vulnerabilities that we had were the airways, right? And so this is one uh, area of many where after 9-11, the federal government really overall has done a very good job of being, you know, really moving from a reactive to a proactive preventative approach. And one of the major elements that they implemented was to expand the role of the air marshals and The number of air marshals to make sure that a very critically important deadly vulnerability was less vulnerable. Look, the air marshals play a critical role to ensuring that our skies are safe and that they are free from terrorists taking advantage of that vulnerability. And with every single look, and and I guarantee you the director of, of TSA, which again has the air marshals under him, will never say he has enough on any given day. It makes no sense that you would take this critical, important, valued asset and remove them and have them fill a role that has nothing to do with their national security role. Instead, they're literally going down to the border, as you said, to be babysitters. They're going to be doing administrative duties, hospital watch, uh, a transportation. The, the list of, of administrative duties goes on and on. The farthest away – from their national security mission can be. I don't understand why every congressional member is not outraged and screaming that this has got to stop and this is unacceptable.
1: How dangerous is it also for our border agents, Mark Morgan, um, to now be so overrun by migrants uh, when you're getting millions upon millions that are crossing the border, as we know at stunning rates, which you know all too well. How dangerous is the job for our border agents? There was sadly the case just recently where drug dealers opened fire on a border agent. You know that. Uh, It happened off the coast of Puerto Rico, and also two others were injured. Um, These border agents are outmanned. They're outgunned and it is just so incredibly difficult and they're overrun um and also not only that they're working excruciating hours under just unbelievable conditions and then on the other hand uh, a it's dangerous they also feel so frustrated because they don't want to be babysitting these migrants i mean on the you know those that are not there right fighting you know uh, defending us and and dealing with all the safety issues are also Many of them are dealing with processing. Uh, they're dealing with, you know, making sure they have food, they have water, they have all this. Uh, there are so many issues that our border agents are going through. What are they saying to you about how tough the job is right now?
2: Yeah, Reed. first of all. Thanks, thanks for bringing this up because we don't talk about this now. We don't talk about the actual border patrol agent that's on the front line. As you said, they're risking their lives every single day. And they've watched the past two years every single tool, authority and policy literally be ripped away from them to be able to do their job to protect this country effectively and safely for them. Here's something we don't talk about enough. The United States Border Patrol, it is the most assaulted law enforcement agency in this country every single day. And think about it. As millions of illegal aliens, and a lot of them literally walk across, turn themselves in. Again, that, that takes those border troll agents off the line. They're in a facility somewhere that leaves fewer agents out there. Well, at the same time, what's happening is we're also seeing a historic high number of gotaways those illegal aliens that are breaking our Southwest border, and they're doing everything to evade apprehension. They're fighting, they're scratching, they're clawing, they're doing anything that they can, attacking border troll agents. Why? Because among those gotaways, over 1 million in two years. There are some bad people. That's the reality. There are murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons and gang members among the one million Godaways. There are drug smugglers, uh, uh, traffickers. The list goes on, and they're all fighting Border Patrol because they are trying to get away to get into this country. And you know what? We, we haven't even talked about the rescues. The number of rescues that Border Patrol have, have have had to do over the past two years shatters four or five years previous combined. They are literally risking their lives every single day to rescue illegal aliens, and oftentimes the cartels read They'll actually intentionally capsize a a raft with a dozen illegal aliens in it to avoid them getting apprehended, knowing the Border Patrol agents are going to have to divert their resources, risk their lives to save illegal aliens. It's something we don't talk enough about.
1: What about also these allegations of, of the whipping that turned out to be completely false? And what I think is just so outrageous, Mark Morgan, is first off, the administration has just jumped on this bandwagon uh, assuming that the border agents had been whipping the migrants. Um, these are the Haitian migrants, as you know. And that incident got all these headlines because of that picture. Um, and the photographer who took the picture said, no, it didn't happen. It's not true. And yet the administration ran with this, like, you know, uh, basically it invokes slavery and, and that the border agents crossed the line. Uh, as it turned out, as we know, again, it turned out to be false. But yet Majorcus found that information out, still goes out to the public, and still made these allegations against the agents. How tough is that for them and for their morale to know that Mayorkas was spewing this when he knew the truth?
2: Look, uh, Rita, I've been there. I've been been at the lowest levels of the totem pole of multiple agencies in my career, and I can tell you firsthand that, that every day when you wake up, if you know that you do not have, the, the, the confidence in your in, in the leadership that they are going to have your back and support you, and that they're not going to throw you under the bus and vilify you for a political or ideological gain. It is devastating. The morale is the lowest it's ever been since the inception of border toll in 1924. I can guarantee you. I get that comment all the time. And Secretary Maricus, I'm glad you brought him up. Look, we already know that he's lied to American people again and again. He's lied to Congress under oath. He has perjured himself. In Congress, under oath, when he continues to say that our borders are secure and we have operational security, and we all know it's a blatant lie.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Show presents Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a beautiful story of police officers who serve on that job during the day and at night are football officials at a local high school. It comes from Hillsboro, Oregon, where Clackamas County Sheriff's Deputy Gina Fisher and Beaverton police officer Steve Anderson, they serve to protect during their daytime hours and they strive to make the right call under Friday night lights. The two officers officiated their first ever 6A Oregon School Activities Association state championship game last week. And Fisher also, by the way, made Oregon history as the first woman to officiate a final in the state's highest classification. She said, the fact that I am the first female to work A 6A championship game, I will never forget that. Anderson, who also played football growing up, says that while there is yelling at officiants during the games, and there sure is, he is able to keep his composure because of his policing career. He said, sometimes we are dealing with life or death. And this is a game. This is fun. I try not to let anyone get the best of me. And bravo to these great officers who do so much for the community during the day and obviously do so much at night as well. And that's why I always love doing this great segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. One of my favorites, Back the Blue. Well, speaking of Back the Blue, we are joined now by a great law enforcement officer. He was the former Customs and Border Commissioner, Protection Commissioner, CBP Commissioner, also an analyst at the Heritage Foundation Visiting Fellow, and we're continuing with the great Mark Morgan. You know, Mark, we're talking about so much that's been going on in the border on the Rita Cosby Show. You brought up Mayorkas right before the break. And what do you think is going to happen now with uh, the House changing in about a month uh, into GOP hands? Do you think uh, that now the Republicans taking over, they've said that they will call Mayorkas day one. What are some of the questions and do you agree with them that Mayorkas should resign uh, or be impeached? Do you think it's headed there?
2: First, yes, he's got to go. I refer to the most dangerous man. In this administration. He is this administration's chief architect of open border policies, which has created a self inflicted uh, crisis, th- the worst crisis that we've seen in our lifetime. Literally, Americans and migrants, by the way, are dying every single day because of this man's uh, so called leadership a secretary of Secretary DHS. Now, look, I don't want to weigh in on who should be speaker. That's not my role. I don't want to get into the politics of that. But what I'll say, McCarthy went down there and he said that Secretary Maricus should resign. And if he doesn't resign on day one, he's going to start investigation. Uh, to determine impeachment. Now, look, I hope that that he is sending a clear message and a promise to the American people that if Secretary Marcus doesn't resign, he's gone. Uh, I hope he's not doing it just to get the votes to become speaker because you had other people like Representative Chip Roy and Andy Biggs, who early on has been in the forefront and even started uh, to to draft articles of impeachment long ago calling for the impeachment of Mayorkas uh, because, again, he has overseen the worst border crisis in our lifetime. Look, and, and it's not – its not. Like I was mentioning before, Rita, and it's not just the fact that he's been this chief architect. I mean he's intentionally – not only has he intentionally took the most secure board in our lifetime and unsecured it, but he's lying to the American people. I mean every single time that he talks, he tells us that the board is secure and we have operational security. It's a lie, Rita. The man has to go. He has to be held accountable.
1: Aren't you shocked also, Mark, at the arrogance too of him? Because yeah. the way he, he's, he's like, no, the borders, you know, it's not open. And, and he, and it's a very sort of like smug. And in fact, there yeah. was this very powerful exchange, Mark, with uh, Kat Kamick, the Congresswoman. And she's like, you know, just your indignant, indignant, righteous, na- you know, righteous mm-hmm. attitude. Indignation. Just, yep. Yep. Yeah, indignation. I was trying to remember the exact phrase, but it was one of those, but it really did fit him because he was sort of sitting there like a Cheshire cat smiling. And, and thinking, oh, I can't wait to get out of here.
2: I, I, I think I'm gonna use that from, from uh, now on. That's a perfect description. Look, I've said that before, and you know, you, you you try really hard to stay away from the the personal kind of uh, quote attacks on somebody, but but sometimes it's just appropriate. And I think the Representative is exactly right. I used to say if you watch him, he because you know, I like to watch body language all the time. Every single time he's challenged, he kind of raises that chin in that in the indignant way that he does, right? And he comes back with this. This just blatant lie. I mean, he has no compunction, reader, whatsoever, to under oath uh, at, at the White House press briefing room to just literally lie to the American people when he knows it's a lie. Look, there's so many stats that we can give, but just the one stat alone: over one million Godaways in 24 months. Think about that, Rita. A million illegal aliens have broken our Southwest border and evaded apprehension. And this man says our borders are secure, or that we have operational control. I mean, it's just a lie. I mean, like I said, there, there's untold hardcore criminals and gang members among the one million potential national security threats. In the last fiscal year, over a hundred illegal aliens were apprehended on the FBI's terror screening database. The FBI prevented a terrorist attack to assassinate a former president. How are they going to carry it out? by terrorists coming across illegally our wide-open southwest border. Now, uh, with that in the background, think about the 1.1 million gotaways. Think about it. The next terrorist sleeper cell, Rita, could already be in the U.S. planning the next terrorist attack, and we have a idea, but this secretary says our border's secure. He's a liar.
1: You know, Mark, uh, you talked about the terror watch list. Talk about what it takes to get on that list, because, as you point out, there's been over a hundred uh, that have been apprehended. It, of course, only takes one uh, to cause uh, hell on Earth in America. But what, is it, what does it take? what kind of a bad ombre or mujeres uh, does it have to be to be on that list?
2: Yeah, so that's important. Hey, remember, too, 9-11, it was about a dozen, right, it was causing the worst terrorist attack on our soil in in, in the history of America. So it, it doesn't take many. Look, so to get on the FBI's terror screen and database, that means a couple of different things. One is you could be a known or suspected terrorist. That's the top end. That's really, really bad. But you could also have that that the intelligence community, not just the FBI, but other intelligence community entities, could have derogatory information on this individual that they're connected to or they're facilitating terrorist or terrorist activities. So it's bad all the way across. Now, look, if they have derogatory information, it doesn't mean it's always substantiated and it's correct. But the fact is, is that we have people, a million, that are getting past us. We have no idea how many individuals on the FBI's terror screening database are among the million. It's not hyperbole to say that there actually could be known or suspected terrorists that have become part of that one million that are in the United States. It's a big deal. I keep saying that's why – I don't understand. There's no downside to secure the border. Less Americans die. There's less risk to our national security and our public safety. Less illegal aliens die. I don't understand why congressmen and and women on the Capitol on both sides of the aisle are not screaming at the tops of their lungs at Capitol Hill on the steps saying enough is enough. This has got to stop.
1: Absolutely. And everybody, we're talking to Mark Morgan, former Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, also a senior law enforcement analyst and also a Heritage Foundation visiting fellow. You know what I never understood, Mark, too, is why are there not more protests um, also from people that are living on the border? Um, you know, these farmers and ranchers, they're definitely vocal about their concerns. But boy, if I was living on the border, I would be out there protesting every single day.
2: Yeah, you know what? They're they're doing the best they can. I'll give you an example. There have been over thirty counties in Texas. That have joined on Kinney County, which is the first one, where judges actually for the first time under the rule of law declared that their county was being invaded. Because they're, it's happened, just as you said, they're overwhelmed. They're, they're, it, every aspect of their county's finances and resources and public health and safety are being devastated by this administration's open border policy. It's why Governor Abbott, the first time in modern history under the Constitution, under the self-help remedy, declared that the state of Texas is being invaded. Invaded, uh, because that's exactly what's being happening. Look, it's not just invasion of illegal aliens. That's part of it. But it's what that causes. We're also being invaded at the hands of the cartels. Drugs. We're being invaded by criminals. We're being invaded by potential national security threats. It's the whole, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the whole gamut of complex, of vast threats that are facing us. I, I Rita, I, it just this defies common sense. It defies logic. Again, there is no downside to securing our border. And when it comes to immigration. We're not against immigration. Just do it legally. That allows resources back on the front line, back to do their national security mission to stop the vast complex set of threats coming across our border every single day that's happening now.
1: Yeah, there isn't any downside, but yet they keep right. refusing to do it. It is amazing. And, you know, in the middle of all this, I think, boy, what's going to happen, Mark Morgan, when Title 42 is about to be lifted, which is this month now? Talk about what that's going to do.
2: Yeah, so, so this is very important because there's been some confusion. I, here's my quick analogy. So let, let's say you have a city that's surrounded by five dams, and the city council intentionally dismantled four of the five dams and it it caused, you know, catastrophic flooding, you know, throughout the entire city. So the city's you know, drowning in three feet of water. And then the city council decides, you know what, we're going to go ahead and dismantle the last fifth dam. And so it goes down and it adds another foot of flooding. Well, the issue isn't that they dismantled the, the last fifth remaining dam. The issue was they dismantled the first four creating the crisis. That's my analogy to Title 42. We're already in the middle of a catastrophic crisis. Title 42 ending is just going to take the worst crisis we've ever experienced on the border and simply make it worse. One example right now is the Venezuelans. They, they've been setting up shop uh, over because right now uh, that they, they've started to apply Title 42 to Venezuelans. Well, the cartels have told them, "Hey, stop! Just hang out. Just hang out for a few more weeks here on the Mexican side. Wait, wait till Title 42 goes away, and then just rush the border, and you're going to be released along with 159." other countries that are being released every single day so it's just going to take the crisis and it's just going to make it worse
1: how much worse is it going to be with title 42 lifted some people have said it's going to be maybe double three times the amount i mean what can we expect and what can border agents expect
2: yeah, so I, I look at the I, some of the intel showed, but you got to remember, Intel's a snap, snapshot in time, and and I know early on they were saying, you know, this was their surprise six, seven, eight months ago, up to eighteen thousand per day. I, I don't see that. When I look at, at past performance to predict pu- future activity, and if you look at it, I mean, again, we're we're we're, we're around you know two hundred fifty thousand every single month. You'll probably see those numbers climb up a little bit, even though during December, the the, the winter months, we see it go down. I think you're going to see it go up a little bit. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the, the, the numbers 18,000. but Rita we' already we're already in the middle of six, eight thousand a day. That's already a full-blown catastrophic invasion that, that we're overwhelmed right now we've been overwhelmed for the past 20 months um, And so look what, what this is going to happen is it's just going to create the crisis. It's going to continue the crisis as should say we're not going to see you stopping this. And uh, our, our every aspect of our nation's public health, safety, national security is going to be can continue, continue to be jeopardized?
1: Wow. And that is really frightening. Um, I want to also talk about President Biden, uh, Mark Morgan, because we were talking about Mayorkas and his righteous indignation um, and the sort of Cheshire cat during the hearings. Here it is. Um, President Biden. Uh, you know, keeps getting asked about the border. He ignores it, like doesn't even want to talk about it. I've only heard him see the word fentanyl, I think, maybe one time, I think, in, you know, in discussions and it was on like opioid overdose day and it was like fentanyl. But let me hurry up and move on because you could tell he just doesn't want to draw any attention to what's happening there at the border. And then there was this exchange this week where Peter Ducey, the Fox White House correspondent, uh, was asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, you know, I want to talk with you about the border. Uh, we know the president, and he said, has never been to the border. Um, the possible next speaker says he wants him to go with him. Is he going? And Corinne Jean-Pierre says he's been there He's been to the border since he took office. And then, you know, Peter Ducey rightfully interrupted and said, like, when? When did he go to the border? And then she said, well, since he took office, and let's just kind of move on. We need to fix our immigration system. Um, what's your reaction to the fact that, by all accounts, uh, I, clearly that's a lie. Um, the only time he has ever been to the border was like uh, like a little pop-in during a campaign event, and he drove by, and that was before he took office and that doesn't really qualify but even while he's been president you've got this catastrophe that you know all too well is happening there at our southern border and and our president uh doesn't want to go uh clearly is ignoring it by all accounts and the white house is like try, is like left and right saying oh he's been there um and let's just move on like no big deal how do you how do you handle when you hear that reaction mark morgan as someone who's been there on the front lines
2: yeah this is a part where we were talking about earlier, Reed, and we talked about this is not only frustrated because they intentionally took the most secure border in our lifetime, dismantled it, and unsecured the border and created, again, the worst crisis we've ever seen in our lifetime. But equally important is they're lying. They're, they're, this isn't DC spin. This isn't manipulation. This is lying. This is the same press secretary that said, I think, to the same reporter, well, Peter, it's not like they, uh, these migrants literally just walk across the border. Yes. That's exactly what they do every day, all day long. I mean, she's not only clueless, but she lies. Everybody knows that the president has not been to the physical border. It's a complete lie. And look, and think about this. As the president of the United States, we know, okay, first of all, we've already talked about that national security threats are potentially pouring in, that criminals are pouring in. But let's talk about drugs. You mentioned that. So last year, in a 12-month period, 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses or poisoning, the, 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 more, the most in, in, our, in our lifetime that's double the amount of american soldiers that died in vietnam double rita and we know that the leading cause of death in this country 18 to 45 is fentanyl and we know the overwhelming majority of fentanyl comes from the southwest border literally every single day a full plane a 747 filled with americans just as that crashing into the ground and everybody dying every single day yet this president has refused to acknowledge the crisis or go to the epicenter of the crisis while literally Americans are dying every single day. I, it it just—I I, We're living in an alternate universe. I just don't understand it. You know,
1: there was also a big headline this week, and in New York, this was stunning. Uh, they were planning on setting up a fentanyl board, and Governor Kathy Hochul said, uh, we don't have the funds for it. That was really amazing to so many people. It's like, um, wait a minute, you don't have the funds. It was going to be a 16-member uh, fentanyl board that was basically going to be a fentanyl abuse and overdose prevention task force to talk about uh, with experts how they can crack down on it, um, what they can do to, you know, address the uh, scourge of it. I mean, clearly it's taking lives, as you point out, all over America, including, you know, in New York and everywhere What's your reaction when you hear uh, Governor Hochul vetoed this bill? Who would veto a bill to fight the deadly fentanyl scourge? It seems uh, just unconscionable.
2: It is. It's ignorance, politics, and ideology. All the policies are being driven now. That's how policies are being enacted. It's not being enacted through reality, truth, and, and what's in the best interest of this country. And that's my frustration right now. If you look, especially when we talk about the border, every single policy has been active, has not been done through its substance. Again, what is in the best interest of this country, the policies are being driven by ideology and politics, and they don't care what the second, third nor, or fourth the negative order impacts are to this country. It just look, let's take inflation. And, and hopefully this comes across as how I mean it. Very sincere. I'm not trying to downplay any of the impacts of inflation. I know folks that literally are having a hard time going from paycheck to paycheck, that filling up their tank it has been a challenge for them. I'm not trying to undersell that. But here's the thing. Even though it's costing more money to fill your tank up, and that is difficult, no one's dying from higher gas prices. But, Rita, people are dying from our open border. And it's not just Americans, right? It's the migrants themselves. That's another dirty little secret that this administration refuses to come clean with the American people. There have been more migrants that have died under Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden's watch than in the history of our country. And the last 23 months, over 1,300 dead migrants migrants have been recovered by CBP at the border alone. That doesn't include other law enforcement along the border that the, 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 the dead body recovers they've done or the ones that died in Mexico or the Darien Gap. I mean, I could go on and on. How about the number of migrants of young children, women that have been sexually assaulted on the journey or the countless untold numbers that now are living the life of trafficking because this administration has opened their borders, gave a green light to the cartels to smuggle the highest number of illegal aliens in this country that we've seen in our lifetime. You're never going to hear the administration talk about that.
1: Yeah, why are they? They just are ignoring it. And it's outrageous. Just like you said, if they care about the migrants and they profess to do so, you would think they would want to make sure that they're taken care of, that it's humanitarian. And like you said, the people are making the money right now, Mark Morgan, the cartels. They've had the best years ever because not only for the drugs, uh, but the human smuggling. And and some of these stories of what's happening to them is unconscionable, Mark. I mean, it is heartbreaking. And it, it is stunning to me that this administration just has turned such a blind eye to a major health crisis for Americans. And just like you said, um, unbelievably dangerous, uh, and and it will get more so, don't you think? Sadly, when Title Forty Two is lifted,
2: it, it will. Look, the, the 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 cartels' business model went from a five hundred million in two thousand eighteen to over thirteen billion right now. Think about that. Let, let let your listeners sink that in. I mean, the, the only winners at the end of this by having open borders are the cartels. They've become more powerful, more influential, and their and their bank accounts are growing literally every single minute because of this administration's open border policies. They've sent a message to the entire world and to the cartels: business is open, business is good. Now's the time to come to illegally enter our border. If this administration or or, or the Democratic Party and open border advocates actually cared about the migrants the most humane orderly thing we can do is to close our border and demand that anyone wanting to come to this country does so legally and lawfully stop giving your life and your money over to the hands of cartels to do it illegally you suffer and america suffers at the same time while the cartels become richer and more powerful every single day
1: you are absolutely right. And to me, it is just, it's so heartbreaking uh, to see what's happening to these individuals. By the way, Mark, and I always say this, I never blame anybody for wanting to come to America. It is the greatest yep. place in the world. It's the greatest country in the world. You and I both know that. And I never begrudge uh, someone wanting to leave some of the circumstances that they've been in, uh, but they have to do it legally. They have to do it lawfully and they have to do it appropriately. And, and, To me, it is so outrageous when I think... About what President Biden just turning such a blatant blind eye, and what a contrast it is from President Trump. Um, Real quick, your thoughts on just the difference? Um, We just have a few seconds left, but boy, what night and day!
2: Night and day. Look, literally, I'm not just. This isn't about politics for me, Rita. Look, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. I served under six administrations, both Republican and Democrat. I was chief of the border patrol under the Obama administration. This isn't about politics. This is about truth, reality, fact, and protecting this country. And it goes back to what you said: immigration. Yes. I'm all for it. Do it legally. Everybody wins. If you do it legally, the rule of law wins, our sovereignty wins, and the safety and security of not only our country, but the migrants the themselves win. There, again, no downside to securing the border. Everybody wins when we do it, but we're not doing that right now.
1: And, boy, do we need to turn this around. I hope the House Republicans uh, take action. Like you said, it's not just grandstanding. We need to see action, and you know that right. all too well. Uh, Mark Morgan, thank you so much for joining us here on a Friday night on such an important topic. I always love your perspective i know our listeners due to the former customs and border protection commissioner a great senior law enforcement analyst and also with the heritage foundation mark thank you for all you do to keep us safe and so great to have you here on the rita cosby show thank you
2: thank you rita thanks for all you do for law enforcement in this country as well thank you
1: thank you well we love and appreciate them so much and everybody we're going to have a lot more on the rita cosby show when we come back
0: it's the rita cosby show
1: We are talking, of course, about the hazards at the U.S. southern border. We're going to get to that in a moment. You just heard Mark Morgan on the show talking about how devastating it is that they are pulling air marshals. I mean, this is amazing, pulling air marshals literally from planes where they're desperately needed to protect the border because there are just so many migrants at the border. What a disaster. We're taking your calls on that. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 9222 Meantime, a lot of people are buzzing tonight, everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show, that Hunter Biden's laptop came out. Uh, some of the details surrounding the suppression of it and why the story was suppressed on the New York Post and elsewhere And we're going to get to the details on that, also new details on Kanye West and the fact that he has been suspended on Twitter. And then we have a special Support Our Heroes segment tonight. I'm going to talk about an event that I was at earlier tonight, absolutely amazing, for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, where our great owner and operator of Red Apple Media Network Margot and John Katsimatidis were honored with, appropriately, the Let Us Do Good Award. Two great individuals getting that award. And we were literally in a room full of heroes at the Marriott Marquis in New York. It was breathtaking. It was inspiring. And to meet some of these families who lost their loved ones, defending us, whether it was in the military or a first responder, firefighters, police, border patrol, you name it, um, it was one of the greatest honors to be in that room and to be able to talk to some of those families and to see the great John and and Katsimatidis be honored. By the way, it is Margo's birthday. She has an hour left on her birthday. So it was the greatest birthday to see her there being recognized and just all their incredible work that they do so much for the community. So we're going to talk about that. And our support to our hero segment in just about 25 minutes or so here on the Rita Cosby show. Meantime, some of the big news about the Hunter Biden laptop bombshell, if you will. Elon Musk saying, oh, look, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming out. We're going to go through it. Uh We're going to figure out what happened. Why was it suppressed on social media? And they put out a whole bunch of different information. They actually had. Uh, A number of different people kind of go through it. Matt Taibbi. And Matt is a longtime journalist. I used to work with his father. I know Matt for a number of years. He was the guy sort of the point person for Elon Musk to go through. These are internal discussions that took place within Twitter now that Musk has it. And basically going through to determine why was it suppressed? Why was it played down? And basically it shows they claim that Jack Dorsey... The head of it all basically didn't know much about it, was sort of kept in the dark. And that other people, this is this former head of legal policy and trust, Vegeta Gaddy, was apparently the person playing a key role and was the one deciding that, well, you know what? Even if we're not sure if it's hacked, uh, that was sort of the first supposition. You know, let's just kind of keep going with that, you know? And they were clearly bent on a liberal point of view where so many people, as you can imagine, within Twitter are Democrats and or liberal. And even though people voice concern internally, saying, you know what, this is a long time. Sometimes we put things on hold for 24, 48 hours, but this is going on a long time. And a lot of people said, yeah, maybe it is a little over the top. And they realized they, quote, freelanced it, as one former executive characterized the decision, that hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much, Everyone realized that it wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse it. That, to me, I think is the sum up of what we learned tonight from Elon Musk releasing these internal discussions at Twitter, discussing why they first off put a pause on the Hunter Biden story and then why they continued to suppress information. And to me, it's just outrageous. When you sit here and listen, they just they could tell that they all kind of knew that they were not going even by their own standards, that it wasn't an equal standard either between Republicans and Democrats, that they all had a lot of friends also, by the way, in the Democratic Party. You can see the DNC playing some roles, too. That was interesting, too, with James Woods, the actor. Uh, but a lot of details were coming out. And it basically shows that they just wanted it to be suppressed, that even though they knew After a bit that they couldn't prove it was hacked or anything like that, that they just kind of kept it off on purpose because they wanted it to basically be so. They just kind of took it upon themselves, and especially this woman. So I hope now that the House is going into GOP hands in about a month. Uh, Hopefully they call this woman, this Vijaya Gaddy, who is the former head of legal policy and trust, who apparently was the person who spearheaded all the works and basically took it upon her, even though there was, quote, no evidence, basically, to support suppressing the information. So, boy, it basically shows what we knew all along so far, that they are definitely a liberal organization and really didn't care where the facts were. All that mattered, essentially, was, you know what, uh... We don't really want to get this out there. You know, we don't like anything negative about the Biden family. We want uh, Trump to lose, basically. And let's just suppress the heck out of the story, and maybe it'll never come back to bite us. Well, now the chickens are coming home to roost, and at least we are seeing some of the internal discussions, which show even amongst Twitter employees, they knew that they were full of it. They knew that they were overreaching, and yet they just kind of kept going and going. And as that quote read... Nobody wanted to reverse it because they all just thought it's the best thing to keep it suppressed and nobody wanted to speak up. So, boy, there's a lot of questions there. And also, it's interesting. They say that there were communications with people in the White House. So I'd like to know who were the communications with. We need more details. Who at the DNC? Who has a friend there? I've always said this publicly. And to me, this has always been a big question to me. Kamala Harris, who, of course, is now the vice president under Joe Biden, when she was running, there was a debate. And early on, when she was running against Joe Biden, said, you know, Trump should be taken off Twitter. You know, she was and nobody was really talking about it at the time. She kind of kept going into this suppression on Twitter and stories should be suppressed and Trump should be suppressed. Lo and behold, she gets picked as the vice president, as we know, under Joe Biden. And it certainly makes you think. Does she know somebody? Remember, she's from California, Silicon Valley. Does her husband know somebody there? It seemed awfully convenient that she was on this sort of suppress Republican stories and Republican candidates mission. Suddenly she gets to be VP. And almost right afterwards, we see the sudden suppression of Trump. We see suppression later of Hunter Biden. All of these things happening. Uh, so I'd like to I hope that she gets called, too, because, boy, there are a lot of questions There tonight. And so far, it basically shows a bunch of liberals took it upon themselves to suppress a story with no proof that there were, quote, Russian hackers at all. Meantime, we're also talking, as I mentioned, about Kanye West, Kanye West and his disgusting vitriol. Take a listen. Here he is. Uh, This was yesterday. And this is reprehensible. It is so shameful. It's so disgusting. And I am happy about this one, that Elon Musk has now suspended Kanye West, a guy who normally doesn't push for suppression, as we know. He's the one who released these emails just a little bit ago, these internal ones. But what Kanye West said was so disgusting, so repugnant, that, and so anti-Semitic and just so stunning that I am really happy that, Elon Musk decided to at least temporarily suspend him. And I want to get your thoughts on that tonight. But take a listen to some of the things that Kanye West said. One of the things he put up also was a picture of a Star of David with a swastika in between. And that was basically the final straw, as you can imagine, reprehensible. And Elon Musk said, this is not about love. This is not like, you know, anything positive, Kanye. They know each other. There were some texts apparently back and forth. Uh, but he has said some horrible things in the last 24 hours. Take a listen. Something like this:
3: I, I see, I, I see good things about Hitler. Also, the Jew. I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that. Invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. How about that one? Ari Emanuel, how you like that one? Hey, Ron, you going to do anything to fix Chicago? Uh,
1: It is just so shocking and so just distasteful that this guy is spewing this horrible hatred and to know uh, that he was sitting next to President Trump. And as we know, it was a setup against President Trump. We've gotten all the details. We talked about it last night with Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes and how they basically wanted to get back at Trump and his handlers because the handlers were blocking them from Trump, I guess, over the last few months and year or so, that they wanted to get access to him. So they kind of worked it through Kanye and then got access to the president, uh, to basically embarrass him and his staff. And boy, uh, it was a disaster. We're going to talk about your thoughts on Kanye. And if you think it's the right move that he is suspended on Twitter, I say bravo, 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 Elon Musk. I give him two, two pluses, not just for that but also for releasing at least some of the internal discussions. I'd love to see more of them because I bet this is just the tip of the iceberg because it just came out a few hours ago. Meantime, we're talking also again, everybody, about the border and the interview that we were just doing here on the show with Mark Morgan talking about air marshals and the fact that now there are actually air marshals out there that are coming forward and saying, we are concerned there could be another 9-11 attack. We believe that we are in such jeopardy because we're in such a shortage because you're pulling us to basically be a babysitter at our U.S. southern border. Here is Brandon Judd, who is with the Border Patrol Council, and this is what he has to say about this situation, which he says is really troubling for Americans.
2: This is the typical robbing Peter to
4: pay Paul um, for failures of, of this uh, secretary. You, you can't destabilize one agency and expect that you're going to be able to continue to protect the American people. Um, we expect that there's going to be air marshals in the air to ensure that another 9-11 doesn't happen. And now that you're taking people out of the field, um, you're, you're sending the clear message that it's, it's now open season to, uh, to look at uh, air traffic as a means to uh, harm the
2: american public
1: and let's go to your calls everybody 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 and you are listening to the rita cosby show let's go to keith on line one uh keith your thoughts about how dangerous it is at the southern border uh that they need to pull air marshals it's stunning
4: oh rita you know i i feel like you're an old friend. I've I've never called before, but I really enjoy your your show when I'm out feeding homeless cats. How are you?
1: Oh, thank you. And by the way, how beautiful that you're doing that. Thank you. I'm glad you called in, Keith. What What do you think well, about how that, risky this is?
4: Well, it, would you mind if I if I commented a little bit about Mark' criticism about the secretary?
1: Yeah, please. About and let me just remind everybody because he blasted. Secretary Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, and said it is just an utter dereliction. He thinks uh, that he should be fired, Uh, and he absolutely thinks he should be called before the House committee, which I'm sure they will do.
4: (laughs) And I hope they do. Uh, I pray they do. But with all due respect... you know, he went on and on and on about the secretary, and I felt like you know the secretary is just a pawn. He's just doing what he agreed to do to to take the, to get the job. And so my question all the time is, okay, why is the Biden administration doing this? You know, what's the big picture? And I think it's uh, kind of a I'll do this real quick, three part thing. Um, who uh, they started the administration with. White supremacy. Okay, who does that mean? Uh, That means white men, basically. Who elected uh, Donald Trump? Basically white men. Okay, so uh, let's bring all these millions over the border. We're going to tell each one of them that the Democratic President Biden brought you over, and uh, you should not forget that. And they're going to work for half uh, pay that white working men who voted for Trump Get paid, and they're going to break the backs of the white men who they uh, who elected a populist for the first time and both Republicans and Democrats did not like that. They they want either one or somebody from one party or the other. So th- this is a threefold thing to break the back of um, I think the uh, American working class.
1: You know, what's interesting, Keith, is. Your thought about just sort of them intentionally changing the electorate—that was actually something. And I, we've had it here on the show. We had Ken Cuccinelli, who's on the show. He's Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security at the time, uh, and he was there until 2021. And Ken basically said, just like you did, that it's it, it, more of like it's it's a, it's a it's a voting issue, is what he believes. He believes that they are strictly rushing people in across the border as many as they can maybe giving them amnesty, and of course they would feel an inclination to whoever brought them over, and that was Biden, you know, under the Biden administration, especially in the last two years, just that huge volume, and that they would feel like ingratiated, if you will, to the Biden administration. They're going to vote Democrat. So sort of to change the electorate was his thought. And if you look at what they're doing, I mean, there's there's no logical reason to do it from a national security standpoint. There's no logical reason to do it from an economic standpoint in terms of how much it's costing the American taxpayer. The fact that we're pulling air marshals to now protect the border. I mean, boy. So you have to wonder what is behind all of this. And, you know, it's obviously intentional. They obviously don't want us to see it. And that's why I really can't wait till the House goes into GOP hands and Mayorkas really gets grilled. Because, boy, is that guy, I think, I agree that it's a dereliction of duty. It is utterly irresponsible. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show.
1: You can never go wrong with the little Elton John. I am still standing. What a great, great song as you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show here on a great, great Friday night. And orcas is still standing, but he may be grilled and skewered by a GOP House committee because, boy, is our border wide open. You heard my story, too, about this young kid who actually got fentanyl. Can you imagine a father took his child to a park in San Francisco and the child was playing in the grass in a playground and somehow got fentanyl. There must have been fentanyl in the grass. Uh The child went into almost card- basically cardiac arrest. They had to bring in uh, the EMS with Narcan to save the baby. Isn't that an amazing story? just shows how pervasive and how dangerous this stuff is. And it's all coming through our southern border, courtesy of China. And our president doesn't say anything, nor does my Uh Let's go to Antonio on line two. Antonio, you're here on the show. Go
5: ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am a Dominican um, American citizen. I've been here for 33 years. Great. When I came to this country, I was in Democrats. They told me that, you know, Democrats are good against Republicans, which are the bad guys. They told me Democrats, you know, are the ones pro-minorities while um, Republicans are not. But guess what? I found out that the, they are wicked people. They are the bad ones. I found out they're, they're the house of, of, of evil because they destroy families. They destroy they destroy countries. They destroy values. They they destroy
1: basically everything they touch. Okay? Well, you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting, Antonio? Um, you know what's interesting that... A lot of Hispanics have now been in, you know, especially in recent years, voting Republican because of what you just talked about, because of their emphasis on family values. And I don't like to say, like, somebody's evil and the other person's not evil. But in terms of values, you can definitely see uh, that the Republicans put an emphasis on that and on faith. And a lot of it aligns. And and we've seen a huge surge of Hispanic voters voting Republican. For the GOP of late, just like you. Uh, So so thank you very much. Really interesting observation. Thank you. Let's go to Don in upstate New York in Hopewell Junction. Go ahead, Don.
4: How are you, Rita? It's a pleasure. I want to make three points. Joe Biden does not have an administration. He has a regime. Number two, Mayorkas should be Impeached and sent back to Cuba on a banana boat. And number three, Hunter Biden's laptop should be in Joe Biden's presidential library.
1: Ah, would you put it right at the entranceway?
4: I'd make a special room for it.
1: What would we call the room? What what, what would we call it, the suppression room? (laughs) What do you think? Hunter's cave yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, Don, as we're talking about investigations, and I do think the House should absolutely bring Mayorkas up, they've also said, and we heard this from James Comer and Jim Jordan, who are on the Oversight Committee, that one of their priorities is to bring Hunter up. Because, boy, uh, imagine what he might say. And they're also going to subpoena bank records. Uh, There's apparently shell companies. Boy, there could be a lot there. And hopefully Elon Musk releases all. We've gotten some of it, but hopefully he releases all. Support our heroes coming up. America, we are endowed
3: by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, right before the show, I was at an amazing event at the Marriott Marquis in New York City. It is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Gala. And Tunnel to Towers Foundation does so much work. Uh, they give mortgage free homes to families who have lost loved ones doing the ultimate sacrifice, whether they're in the military or fallen first responder families. And they also do smart homes for those who have been seriously injured. And I literally, I got up on the stage and Sid Rosenberg, my wonderful colleague at WABC and I had the honor to read the names of the family members, the gold star families, the first responder families, and also those who have been seriously injured. And, all I could say is I'm in the company of heroes tonight. The whole room was just most amazing, patriotic, extraordinary individuals. And I just was so moved to be there and to get to meet some of those family members and hear about their incredible loved ones uh, who we can never say thank you enough uh, for what they have done for all of us. Of course, Frank Siller. Um, who founded the organization honoring his brother Stephen Siller, who was running toward the towers with 60 pounds of gear on him, and he perished on 9-11. Frank gave just a, an impassionate, powerful speech talking about how we will never, ever forget the sacrifice of everybody who perished on 9-11 and everybody now who is working so tirelessly, whether they're firefighters or whether they're policemen, uh, border patrols, so many different individuals and so many veterans. Um, my buddy Judge Janine was the MC of the event and did an awesome, awesome job. And also, most importantly, they honored, they gave the Let Us Do Good award. To two of the greatest Americans that I know, John and Margot Katsimatidis. By the way, it is Margot's birthday today for just another few minutes. And how awesome to be with John and Margot on her birthday and to be able to recognize their incredible work, their incredible American dream story. John coming from Greece, Margot from Indianapolis. Margot, by the way, at age 12, she became the youngest person to dance with the Bolshoi ballet. I mean, what an amazing accomplishment, becoming a superwoman and a great businesswoman. And John and Margo, who are the owners and operators of the Red Apple Media Network, of course, which we broadcast on and I'm so proud to work for, are two of just the most charitable, patriotic individuals I know. They employ 10,000 Americans with all of their different businesses. And tonight, they were honored in a big, big, big way. Uh, with the Let Us Do Good Award to two great human beings. And my favorite part of it all was at the end of the event, because you can't do a patriotic event uh, without the great Lee Greenwood, all right? So Lee Greenwood sang all these different songs and sang them basically to Margot Katsimatidis. What a great way to celebrate, you know, her birthday and for all of us. It was a gift for us to have him there in the room, and he honored Margot in such a beautiful, beautiful way, singing this song, because i got to play it. This is my favorite song, but this is also in honor of Margot because it's her birthday for a few more minutes. I'm proud
3: to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died. her still
1: today because there ain't no doubt i love this land god bless the usa lee greenwood we love you thank you for being there tonight john and margo Katzmatidis. happy birthday margo john and margo we love you and america loves you and what a great great way to be there with you tonight and all of these incredible heroes with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. I was honored to be a part, and we are so honored to work for such great folks as John and Margo Katsimatidis. That is our great support, our heroes. I was moved, you can tell. It was just an extraordinary evening and honoring extraordinary individuals. And, everybody, we are talking, of course, as I mentioned, some of the people who were mentioned tonight at this Tunnel to Towers Foundation were border agents because some of them have lost their lives and their family members were there. And to say thank you and to hear what they are going through every single day, as we're talking about the open border policy, uh, you just can't say thank you enough. It is excruciating. It's difficult uh, hours. It's heat. It's exhaustion. Um, and then they don't feel appreciated by this administration. There are just so many issues that are going on. And so in the midst of all this, now we've got a house that is going to go into Republican hands, and you can bet they are going to try to get to the bottom of this. I can't wait to see what Mallorca says. Uh, uh, I'm not really sure. I keep saying the border is fine. It's secure. No problem whatsoever. We are taking your calls on that and also Kanye tonight and Elon Musk. It is a big, big news night here on the Rita Cosby Show on a Friday night. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy. Uh, on line two, Jimmy, uh, you want to talk about the border? Go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby show.
5: Yeah, I wish somebody in the Republican side would contact me because there's a bit of information they could use. You must have heard of of uh, Frances Fox Piven's. They took Mark Levin and others talk about her. She's famous for the Cloward Piven thesis, where they say they're going to overwhelm the system in America. When they first said it, they were talking about overwhelming the welfare system by putting a lot of people in welfare, but the idea is overwhelm every system. Well, Frances Fox Pivens, I was in the audience when she said it. Frances Fox Pivens was praising Obama. She's a communist, hardline communist. She said, we're going to get the changes we want, largely through minorities and immigration. The fact that she said that means that this was a plan or a goal and Francis Fox Pivens is also a senior fellow at the KGB Front Group Institute for Policy Studies.
1: So, sort of, what you're trying to say, Jimmy, is that obviously it's it's a philosophy and it's a concerted effort. Because, and I, by the way, I also not only obviously you're reciting something, but I 1,000 percent agree with you. And there have been people like Ken Cuccinelli, um, you know, Deputy Homeland Security Secretary under Trump, and others who have come right out and said, yeah, this is a concerted effort, this is a planned effort, because you can't explain it any other way, because it's, it's downright reckless, Jimmy. I mean, it's downright reckless. Go ahead.
5: One one more thing. I have a publication in my hand here. This is from a communist group, and this is Hip-Hop, Race, and Cultural Politics. And they're talking here about they're using uh, radical Muslim messages in hip-hop music, even Ayatollah Khomeini. There's a break in the song, and you hear Ayatollah Khomeini's speech. Now, this publication is put out by a group that includes Joseph Budajeg. That's the father of Pete Buttigieg. This guy's a hardline communist's father. And Francis Fox Pivens is on the advisory board of this group.
1: By the way, now, by that- the way, Jimmy, you just—that's interesting. I never knew about Pete Buttigieg's father, so that's interesting. I'm going to look that up. Uh, Jimmy, you are a wealth of information, and I always love hearing from you. By the way, uh, my listeners always say. We got to hear from Jimmy because they—they they, they just, You are a walking encyclopedia, and we love you, and we appreciate you, and we also appreciate uh, your just passion for this great country and protecting this country. Thank you so much, Jim. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show.
6: Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, when I you, you you're with your guests talking about you know the tragedies and you know the hundreds of thousands of Americans being you know, being uh, poisoned by fentanyl. And I don't know if you know this, but Prince was actually uh, poisoned by a counterfeit, uh, Vicodin, that had fentanyl. Um, and then all all the, the sex trafficking and, the, you know, I think of all those allies, our friends in Afghanistan, who are now being tortured to death by the Taliban. You know, the Biden administration, or I should say the Democratic Party agenda, has a – you know, has ha- has enabled these things, and they know the consequences. Of what was going to happen? They know these the consequences, and then I think about the media turning the blind eye. It's not just a blind; it's an intentional blind eye. I can't help but think that these are two most sociopathic, murderous, um, passive-aggressive institutions in our country, because it's if it was by accident or by incompetence, but it's it's not by accident or incompetence. intentional. That's what really. That's what really. Gertz gets to me is that this is intentionally being done for their own selfish political ambitions and, uh, you know, gain uh, in power of to empower the left.
1: You know what it it is like you just said, it it has to be intentional because there's clearly no way that anybody with half a brain would allow it, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, involuntarily. So that's why it is such a clear, concerted effort, Dave. And that's what's so troubling. Because I've always believed the first responsibility, and again, we were talking about being at the Tunnels to Towers Foundation with all these military, that the most important responsibility is protecting the homeland, is is supporting uh, keeping streets safe and making sure that our border is safe. And this president has just completely turned a blind eye to what's going on in the border and and thinks we're, like, stupid because every time he's asked about it, he kind of walks off, doesn't want to talk about it. Mayorkas is like, yeah, the border is secure with a straight face and is even rude to members of Congress when they ask him for how can you say this or what do you mean? And they recite details and the numbers just speak for themselves. I mean, to have close to 5.5 million crossing under President Joe Biden, that includes the known... And many of the Godaways. I mean, that's a huge number. That is a historic high. And the last month had the highest number ever. And then you have more than a hundred thousand Americans dying of fentanyl every year, and and you are not getting a handle of it. And and you talk to the president of China, and we know it's coming from China. They're they're producing it, bringing it across our southern border, polluting America. And you don't even bring it up. I mean, to me, that's an astounding moment. You have a guy there on the phone. You, first of all, don't talk about the COVID origins. That's a whole other thing. And then you don't even get into the issue of fentanyl that is killing Americans. You had every reason to be able to bring it up and he doesn't. And it's just, it is downright, I think it is really a dereliction. I, you know, to me, it is so outrageous what's happening and it is so deeply Deeply, deeply concerning. one 800 one 800 And before we go tonight, speaking of deeply concerning, Kanye West. Oh, my goodness. Some of the things that he has said in the last 24, 48 hours are just downright disgusting. They are reprehensible. Um, They're outrageous. And it's it just what is going on with this guy? I want to get your thoughts tonight because Elon Musk, as we were talking about, released some of the details about the suppression within Twitter of the Hunter Biden story. But Elon Musk also banned Kanye West from Twitter. He basically said he is suspended again. And it came after he tweeted out this is Kanye West. First, he made all these reprehensible comments. And then he tweeted out an image of a Nazi swastika inside a Star of David. And Musk replied, saying, sorry uh, to him, but you've gone too far. Quote, this is not love. And it follows Kanye West basically wild and outrageous and disgusting meltdown that he had on a podcast just a few hours earlier. Take a listen. This is some of what Kanye West had to say uh publicly, which is just reprehensible. Take a listen.
3: You know, it's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And. Uh, and so you're in love with the with the with the with the with the, archi- the, the, the the look of it. And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. Guys yeah, get the Ronald Reagan clip they showed me yesterday. Sorry, go ahead. Ronald Reagan said that too. Well I think Hitler did target and kill some people. So I think you know I think Obama killed Palestinians. <coughs> no, I hear you. Here, here's where I think the frustration is, and Nick, you can comment on this. And Obama was not the first black president. He was another Jewish president.
1: They're debating over how many. And he's like, oh, Hitler's a great guy. That's what he was saying earlier. I mean, this to me is so troubling. And I say bravo, that Elon Musk. I'm not a big believer. I'm a big First Amendment person, so I'm not a big believer in, like, suspending people. I like free speech. I'm a big advocate for it. And I thought it was reprehensible when they were doing it to President Trump. But the vile stuff coming out of Kanye West, and he's clearly, like, bipolar or about to explode. He's having a mental breakdown before our eyes. And when you see that, it's just so obvious and it's so apparent. What do you think? Do you think it was the right move for Elon Musk, who has talked about free speech and he's putting out this information about the suppression of the Hunter Biden story? Do you think it's the right move that he has banned Kanye West? I want to play a comment. This is from Ben Shapiro. This is cut number six, because uh, he doesn't think so. He's kind of friends a little bit with Kanye, but take a listen to this.
0: Is what Ye is doing tantamount to incitement? I don't think so, because I have a very strict legal standard for incitement. So do I think that Ye actually should be banned from Twitter? I think the answer is no. I don't think that Ye should be banned from Twitter. In fact, I think the more that Ye has exposed his own behavior, the less seriously people are likely to take his views, because... When you sit there doing weird Elmo voices, carrying a net and a bottle of YooHoo, people tend to take you less seriously. When you show up on Tim Pool with Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes, and Tim Pool simply asks you why you are slandering all Jews as opposed to just naming the Hollywood agents that you don't like, and you get up and you walk out, sunlight is a pretty good disinfectant here.
1: Yeah, but how much sunlight do you want to give somebody like this with these vile comments who is clearly troubled and disgustingly anti-Semitic. This is Charlemagne the God, of course, uh, TV host and radio host, um, and this is how he describes Kanye.
0: I've said it once and I'll say it again. Kanye West is moving like a person who doesn't feel like he's going to be here much longer, and it's sad that folks are just watching this like it's normal. That man needs to be committed to an institution. And we People are watching. should
5: not be sitting down with him. No,
0: man. Yeah. Dame Dash already told y'all that. Like, we are watching a manic episode in real time, and it's getting progressively worse. And the pain that man is going through, he's projecting, you know, uh, on himself and everyone else. And it's not going well.
1: It is definitely not going well. And it's disgusting. It's real. And I actually think it's a good thing that Elon Musk... Banned him. And I think he owes, as I mentioned the other day, he owes President Trump, I think, a big apology because it's the reason Trump met with him was because his buddy Kanye apparently wanted advice. They're old friends. He thought Kanye's a little troubled. He didn't know this trouble because it's gotten worse and worse and worse actually in the last few days. But he had this meeting with him because out of friendship and then they set him up. So Kanye owes him a huge apology. Uh, because it's outrageous what they did to the president. Let's go to John in Reno. John, your thoughts about this?
4: Hey, Reno, those are my thoughts exactly. Uh, Donald Trump reached out to Kanye and let him come to Mar-a-Lago for dinner. And uh, he said Kanye was a deeply troubled man afterwards. Uh, he wanted to help an old friend, like you said, and the old friend embarrassed him greatly. He does owe Trump an apology. Uh, I was very happy to see Elon Musk ban him today. Uh, He really needs to get some help.
1: Yeah, he does. First and foremost, he has to get help. And second of all, nobody should be supporting this kind of reprehensible behavior. And I I think Trump could have used it as a learning moment to basically say, you know what, Uh, scold him. It sounds like he wasn't that extreme, like he's gotten more extreme before our eyes in the last three or four days. Um, but he had made some comments before that. Remember that we're, you know, about business with Jewish groups and not happy about that. So I think Trump could have used that opportunity uh in front of him to basically scold him and try to straighten him out. Uh, but uh let's see there. We may hear some comments. We are hearing from Biden, by the way, in the last few hours, who said silence is complicity referring to kanye west which is kind of interesting uh it's not clear necessarily who he's referring to but basically saying everybody needs to speak out against him i rarely defend biden but i will say uh you do need to speak out against this disgusting hateful rhetoric when we come back i'm going to continue with your calls and also this week's rita's ringers find out if you made it
0: it's the rita cosby show
1: This is uh, the song that Elon Musk said to Kanye. You need to have love in your life. I'm glad at least somebody's scolding him in addition to me. My goodness. Well, first off, everybody, I love your calls. You know how much I love hearing from all of you every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And on Friday nights, we do our favorites. We do our Rita's Ringers. And here is Tonight's edition. <laughs>
0: I miss your shows. I'm hurt.
1: When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure, and
5: every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl,
1: which you may be, Dan, I bet every day I put you on the show.
0: This is
1: Rita's Ringers.
3: Look, uh, uh, let me speak uh, uh,
0: about the three
6: hemorrhoids that had dinner in Mar-a-Lago, including the man who ran the dinner. They're not the story as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, that doesn't surprise me.
1: Now, who are you? You're, who are you call- wait, Let hang on with you. Who are you calling a hemorrhoid? Who are you? You know, that's the an interesting. Thing. That's <laughs> a new one. Yeah, I'm not
2: talking about you, so don't worry. I'm I not.
4: knew
1: you weren't, Stan, because then I would Absolutely. really have you never would I call you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the three idiots that sat down to you. You know, Trump and the other two hemorrhoids. The three of them. You know what a hemorrhoid is. Well, now, is. I,
1: yeah, I, I've heard of it. I, right, luckily, I on. haven't experienced it. But go ahead. I might Let's I might after every call from you, but that's a whole other matter. <laughs> oh, Rita, you
5: are out of this world. You're so kind to that. Don't, don't stand. I, I I, would be ripping the phone out of the wall if he ever called me because he's just, he's completely opposite from truth
1: and reality.
0: Rita, I try not to miss your show or Dominic Carter, you
6: know, or even Frank, but I'm up. But I'll tell you what.
1: And, and by the way, by you. the way, Mike, you have good taste yeah. if, if, if you like all three <laughs> of us because I love them and I love you. Thank you.
3: Well, all the love, Rita.
1: The fact that they have not pushed China is stunning, Sandy. Do you find that stunning? Oh,
3: yeah. Absolutely. You can see the handwriting on the
5: wall. There's, he's just so close knit with China. And a lot of it, like you say, it was his son and everything. Boy, they're going to blow that thing sky high about the laptop, too.
1: Rita's Ringer. And keep those calls coming. We always love hearing from you because, boy, we always talk about all the great hot topics here on a Friday night on the Rita Cosby Show. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Uh let's go to Patrick in Wisconsin who's calling into the show. Patrick, your thoughts about Kanye uh suspended from Twitter. What do you make of it?
4: Good evening, Mrs. Cosby. It's always a pleasure to speak
2: with you, ma'am
1: um Mr. Elon Musk, um, he did a good thing
4: when he released all this Hunter Biden stuff. And uh free speech is truly a constitutional right but when Mr. Musk temporarily suspends the idiot Kanye West he's practicing censorship
1: and you know what if you want free speech hate speech is protected Mr. Musk you know and that's why you hear what I was saying too Patrick I'm a big First Amendment advocate um, obviously as a broadcaster I care very much about allowing people and, and you know You know, Ben Shapiro's view is that it's the best uh, sunlight, the best disinfectant. But some stuff is just so reprehensible and so outlandish. And it's just obvious that he's having a whole mental breakdown and right before our eyes. And he needs to get help. He needs to, like, go to a hospital, go to a psychiatrist, not go on Twitter. That's my advice. Have a great weekend, everybody.